going to go into the Word, and we're going to be looking at a um, kind of a familiar portion of Scripture. Uh, does anybody know who the rich young ruler is? We all know who that guy is, right? So we're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 19, verses 27 through 30. Uh, some scriptures following a, a, um, a conversation that took place between Jesus and this rich young ruler. After he speaks with him and, and begins to uh, explain to him what he needs to do, and he refuses to do so, we follow up in, in verse 27 where it says, Then Peter said in reply, See, we have left everything and followed you. What then will we have? Verse 28, Jesus says to them, Truly I say to you in the new world, when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or fathers or mothers or children or lands, which I believe kind of sounds like it could be a rap, for my name's sake will receive a hundredfold and will inherit eternal life. And verse 30 says, But many who are first will be last, and the last first. And we've heard this scripture many times, probably even in jest, where it says the first shall be last, and the last first. And um, uh, my, around, the, around the table and getting ready for Thanksgiving uh, to, to eat, uh, many times those who relate to get in line would try to break line and say, it says in the Bible that the last shall be first, and they'll try to get up in front of line. Um, that there, there are many places where uh, I've been in, in restaurants. I don't know why all of my illustrations have to do with eating. Maybe I do know why. But <laughs> we, uh, I, I know we've been in restaurants before where somebody will come in last to the table or will order last, and then their, their food will come out first, right? And somebody will make the joke. Well, it says, you know, the first shall be last and the last first. And, and we, we, make this, we make this joke, but it is a, a scriptural principle that I, I've looked into, and I understand that there's many different uh, understandings of what this means and, and, and how this is played out. But if you'll let me tonight, I would like to explain kind of how this has impacted my life and, and the way that I look at this and the way that I, let, I allow this to impact how I live my life. Tonight I want to talk about that I want to be a last place winner. I want to be a last place winner. How many of you in the house tonight can say that you enjoy winning? All right. Now, those of you who didn't raise your hand, you raise whenever I ask you how many of you are lying. All right. The rest of you, yeah, okay. Everybody enjoys winning. It's, it's, there's something about us as human beings we enjoy winning. Now, how many of you could say honestly that you enjoy to lose? No hands. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all for your honesty. I expected one from Brother Ron, but he did not even raise his hand. I appreciate the honesty tonight. There's something about humanity, something about humans that we we enjoy winning and we despise losing. Why do we enjoy winning so much? And it, honestly, there's a scientific reason that whenever one wins something, whenever one defeats another, that, that it, there is a release of dopamine into the brain that gives us this unexplainable uh, feeling of that we can just say is the feeling of winning, 
Uh, it, it's it's almost it's almost brother Don like whenever you whenever you strike an arrow into that big brute that you've been chasing around the woods. All right, and, and we're talking about a deer, by the way, that. that <laughs> that you've been having your eye on and and there's something about that as a human man there's a release into your brain and you feel you feel like you're like 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 you could do anything and it's it's this this feeling of winning this great feeling that we have sometimes the reason may change but the fact remains that we enjoy winning when i was a young man i played on a, a little league baseball team for the city and uh, i i knew that the stats really didn't mean a whole lot to me. And um, how many teams we won against, how many teams we lost against, if we were going to be on the all-star team or going to final, none of that really made sense to me. What I knew was that whenever we won, there was an ice cream party. And we all rode in the back of Coach's truck to Dairy Queen, and he bought us all ice cream. All right, I knew that that happened, and that was my motivation to win. There was something that happened within me that said, you know what, we've got to win this because something great is going to happen whenever we win. It's not just the feeling, but I had a motivation to be a winner. Whatever the reason, winning just feels good. Winning just feels good. And you can always tell the winners from the losers. If, if, I, had, if I had people come up here tonight and we had a competition, both sides would want to win. Both sides would make up in their mind that they were going to win no matter what. And then whenever someone does win, they're, they're excited. You can tell who the winner is. You can tell who the loser is. We're going to go back to the Little League Baseball. And if you've ever watched one of those games at the end, they're teaching sportsmanship. So they're having them go by and give five to the teams. You know, the two teams walking a line across the field. And you can always tell which team won because they're all excited. Boom, boom, giving fives. And the team that lost is like, they're making me do this. All right, that's the only reason that they were there was because somebody made them go out and give them five and say congratulations on winning. You should have seen my wife, my beautiful, lovely wife, whenever the Cubs finally, after an eternity, won the World Series. We were watching it by means that will not be spoken and uh, it was on the TV. We were watching it on TV. And uh, we saw we saw the Cubs win. And Danielle broke out into, I'm, I'm going to be killed here. She broke out into this, this fit of excitement that I've never seen before, not even at church. <laughs> you could tell, uh, most of that, most of that is in jest. You can tell that her team had won, that her team had won. Many of the faces around here tonight, I can tell that most of you are Cardinals fans. Very recently. All right, before I get run out of the building, I'm, what's my next note here? <laughs> there is a definite difference between those who win and those who lose. At the end of the day, everyone, everyone wants to be the winner. Everyone wants to win and no one 
wants to lose. If we can just kind of continue in this vein here, if, if, if many of you can remember being in school, everybody wanted to be the cool kid, wanted to be the winner. No one wanted to be the opposite of winner, which is the loser. Nobody wants to be the loser in school. We would do whatever it took in order to be cool. We would hang out with whoever we had to. We would talk however. We would make fun of whoever, and we would do whatever we had to just as long as we were the ones who were the winners and not the losers. If you can remember the moment that you looked across the room or wherever you were at and you noticed that young lady or that young man that struck your attention and you were like, I, I need to get to know that person a little better. Any married people in the house remember that day? All right, Brother Harpo, congratulations. That, that's an incredible moment in life where you look across, you see that person, you say, I'm about to win their attention. Whatever I have to do, I'm going to spend money. I'm going to throw my arm out at the carnival, right? I'm going to, I'm going to send flowers on Valentine's Day. I'm going to do whatever I have to. And if anyone looks that young lady's direction, I'm going to do whatever I have to to them in order to make sure that I win their affection and their attention. You see, the mindset to win is not a bad thing. It's not something that, that we should run away from or that we should shy from in life. As we turn to the Word of God, we find that the Bible gives us the same concept in our spiritual walk as we understand in our physical. We've, we've just gone through uh, almost 10 minutes of explaining this, the physical of, of wanting to win and how we can all understand that. But in the Bible, there's also an understanding of this, this mindset and this determination to win that we should have in our spiritual spiritual walk as well. 1 Corinthians 4, 24 says, do you, do you not know that in a race that all runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. It's basically saying that in life, it's like a race. And there's only one that's going to win the race. And you should be living your life with the made up mind that whatever I have to do, I'm going to win that there should be this mindset of winning that should go through your mind in your spiritual life day in and day out. Our life is compared to a race making us a runner on the track. And as you can tell, I, I know quite a bit about running. I, I do it often. Back and forth to the kitchen mostly. And I could be, you know, really an expert on the on the topic, but I did some research because uh, honestly, I don't know much about running except that I only do it whenever someone is chasing me. <laughs> and uh, if if you ever see me running, look for the bear or the tiger or whatever vicious you can think of that should be behind me because that's probably the only reason that you will find me running. But when a runner, when a runner, someone who enjoys running, which I don't, I I can't even understand, fathom, or, or, or make up in my mind, whenever someone who enjoys running takes the track or an athlete takes the field, they are entering, uh, prepared for the fight that is ahead of them. 
They're going in with a mindset, an understanding of what they are about to face and what they are about to do. They are aware of, of the obstacles that lay before them. They, there has been some training that has taken place and, and, and some, uh, some, some overview of the team that they are about to face. And they, they have made themselves familiar with the field that they are about to step on. And they are entering with a mindset to win. They are going into this battle. They are going into this fight. They are going onto this field. They have placed themselves onto the track with a mindset that I am going to win. We as a church, as a generation, as a body, as individuals, that we must also enter into this race, enter into this life, this place that we find ourselves and run with all that we have. That there's no place, we have to understand that there's no place within this race to make the statement of if I make it, if I can just make it. But we have to enter in with a made up mind each and every day as our feet touch the floor. Whatever it takes, I'm going to make it. Whatever it takes, I'm going to win this fight. The enemy will not defeat me. Whatever I have to do, I am going to win this race that I am running today. Do you believe that? I know it's Wednesday night and I know that usually it's pretty laid back but I'm I'm pretty passionate about what I'm speaking about tonight that 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 we have to sometimes I feel like we get up and we're like if I can just make it today it's going to be a good day and in that moment, in that moment, you, you get into a mindset where you, where you think that there's a possibility that I may not make it, that there's a possibility that I'm going to fail, that there's a possibility that things are going to go wrong. And it, that possibility is there. But you've got to get up with the mindset of, I'm going to make it today. Today, I'm going to live my life for God. Today, I'm not going to fail. Today, the enemy is not going to defeat me. It's not if I'm going to make it, but when I get home and after I make it through the day I'm going to have a testimony saying today I lived for God I did what I was supposed to I ran the race and I've made it one more day you see in, in law enforcement and I, for, for any of you who don't know I spent eight years of my life as a police officer and 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 that there were there were days that we would go out and and things would come against us and and we would I, honestly, there, there were some days that I honestly thought, if I make it home, all right, if I make it home tonight. And in training, they tell us, though, every time that you go into a fight, if you, if you match up against somebody, if you're looking at someone and you're thinking, man, they're bigger than me, imagine yourself winning. Every time, imagine yourself winning. If you go into a fight, and you think that, you, that you're going to lose and you imagine yourself losing that fight, guess what you're going to do? You're going to lose. There are some of you that have been facing some things for most of your life. Every day you get up and you're facing that thing one more time. Stop looking at it thinking, if I win or I'm probably going to lose this. And why don't you look at that thing and say, through the power of Christ that lives within me, I am going to win. I'm going to run this race. I'm going to keep my eye on the prize. And each and every day, I'm going to take one more step forward. And while the enemy tries to knock me back, I'm going to take another step forward 
forward and each and every day I'm going to continue this race I'm going to fight forward and I am going to win we've got to have a mindset to win church that's the generation that we live in we are under attack there are things that are coming against us each and every day and we have to have a mindset to win to make sure that we reach the prize of the high calling of God amen we've got to have an understanding that we are in the last days there is an end time principle that we have to get that in a race in any race in any fight in any game that you play if it has to do with, with, with physical exertion that the end time that the end of that game that the moments to the close of that game are always the most crucial you are the most susceptible to problems and to pitfalls you are tired you are worn out you, you're, you're thinking it can just end right now it can all be over it, it's the moment that we have to look at ourselves though and decide we have to give it our all but so many times we find where people will become arrogant. They will think they're further ahead than they really are. And everyone, I'm sure everyone has seen the image, the, whether it's online or however, YouTube or whatever. You've seen the images of people that, that get a little arrogant. They feel like they're further ahead than they really are. And right at the finish line they fall. They're celebrating early and someone passes them up. And in that moment, whenever they feel like they are the winner, they quickly become the loser. Because we all know that second place is just first place loser. Amen? All right. Make sure you're still with me here. We find as people are closing in on the on the end of their race, on the end of their game, on the end of whatever it is that they are doing, that it's the time whenever they get exhausted, whenever they find themselves maybe to celebrate a little early or maybe even just get distracted by the things that are around them and causes them a great downfall. It's in this race that, that we are in, this race of life, we find that we are coming around, and I believe with everything within me that we are coming around the last bend in this race. I believe that this, is, that this will be the last generation to be handed off the baton. That God has entrusted us with a responsibility no other generation has been entrusted with. And we are going to see things that no one has ever seen. And we've been set up to accomplish things that no one has ever accomplished. However, it will only be possible if we have prepared ourselves and we have made ourselves ready and we have gotten on the track and we have made up our mind that there's a job that God has given me to do and it's not going to be an easy one but I have made up my mind that I will run this race I will finish my course I will endure to the end come on are there some people in this house tonight that whenever you go to work you realize there's work here to be done whenever you're at the grocery store you realize there's work in this world to be done whenever the enemy comes against you you realize 
realize there's work in my life that needs to be done. But we don't need a church or individuals in this church that are saying, well, if we make it. But we need some people that are going to stand firm and that are going to run the race and have a made-up mind every day. I'm going to do whatever I've got to do to make it in this race. I'm going to do whatever I've got to do to reach those that God has called me to reach. I'm going to do whatever I've got to do to do the work that God has called me to do here and now. Let me help you out tonight. In life, there are two races that are happening at the exact same time. You see, we that there's a lot of things that said in the Bible about, about our mind and, and, and that at salvation that there has to be a renewing of the mind and, and that we have to work each and every day to have our mind in the right place. And, and honestly, whenever... Whenever we get into a place of, 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 of trouble and trial and situations and, and tribulation and all these things that go on in our life, we have to understand that it's in our mind where we can lose that battle. That there has to be a transformation of our mind to, to think on things according to God and to think on things according to His Word each and every day. You see, in this world, in this world, as we are operating, as we are living, as we are running this race, we have to understand that simultaneously there are two races that are going on. My fear and worst nightmare would be that we or I would run this race my entire life, our entire lives, only to realize that we have been running the wrong race. You see, in, in my twisted over imagine whatever that word is overactive imagination or whatever mind that I have I, this is how I this is how I personally see this and apply this to my life that that I have trained and we're talking figuratively here I've trained for a big marathon a big race that's going on I I went out and I bought the the best shoes that that, that the guy down the road told me that I needed to be able to run. I, I prepared, I practiced each and every day. I prepared for this moment my entire life. And I got on the track. I showed up on the day that they told me to be there. I showed up. I, I, I wore my number that they told me to wear. And I got out and I started running the race. And what happened is, is as I'm running, <clears throat> I noticed that my preparation really paid off. And, and, and I noticed that things are going really well. And, and I begin passing people. And I, I, before I know it, I'm at the front of the race. And, and, and I come around the last bend. And everybody's cheering. And, and they're applauding. And, and it's awesome. And I run through the tape at, at the finish line. I go through. And I've won the race. And while I'm rejoicing, I notice that there's some stairs that are going on around the place at me. Kind of weird. People are trying to figure out where I am or why I'm there. And I know that I'm a runner, and I was supposed to run in this race today. That's where we're at. We're in West Terra. But what happened is, is what I didn't know is that on this day, at this same time, there were two races taking place. And I showed up to the wrong race. Imagine how awful you would feel. You've prepared for this moment. 
you've spent money. You've, you've gone through all of, the, all of the processes that you should. You even showed up on time. You got in line. You ran. You ran the fastest and you won. But you were disqualified. And in the race that you were supposed to be in across town, you lost because you never even showed up for it. Now think about that for a moment and how that must feel and how how devastated you would be for that to happen. This is the unfortunate truth for many people each and every day. They spend their life running a race, ending life feeling as if they have won, that they've done everything that they could, that they've ran the best that they should, and that they have won the race called life only to find themselves at a place called judgment where they find out they were running the wrong race. They were running the wrong wrong race. I will be the first to tell you that this race called life is not the most popular according to friends, to family, to the media, to those that we look to to find affirmation in life. But you've got to be careful of who you're getting your advice from. You've got to be careful of who you're ingesting things from and absorbing things from. We are not winning in life according to the standards of Hollywood. We should not be trying to win in life according to the standards of even our friends we got to be careful with this, but young people, according to your schools and your teachers, according to what the government says, we can only win our life and this race that we call life according to the standard that is set by the Word of God. Amen? Do we believe that? We are a chosen generation. We are a royal priesthood. We have a different standard to live by, not by what the rest of the world says, but according to what the Word of God says. But when we listen to the world, they aren't even running the same race that we're running. They're not even on the same track that we should be on. But for some reason, we listen to what they have to say about what success is and how we should be living our life and the things that we should be doing and the places that we should be going. If we, be, if we do that, we'll find ourselves getting distracted, turned around and on the wrong track. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 7. Paul says, you were running well. Who hindered you from obeying truth? You see, as Paul is writing this, he's, he's writing to a group of people who got distracted, who got turned around following after the wrong people living by the world's standards and not by the word of God. Paul says, watch, watch who you are following. Be careful who it is that you follow after. Be careful who it is that you emulate. Be careful who you 
are listening to, Paul had figured out that there was but one truth, one race, one prize, and one fight. And each and every day, he was going to get up and make sure he was running the good, he was fighting the good fight, running the proper race, that he was following the faith that Jesus had left for him. Amen? 2 Timothy 4 and 7, he says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Paul writes this to Timothy, his son in the gospel. Paul has found himself in prison. He is waiting to be executed at the end of his ministry, at the end of his life. He's, he's abandoned by, by most of his friends for fear of persecution. And he directs this message to his spiritual son, Timothy, to run in the right direction, to run the right race, to do the things according to the word of God. He says, Timothy, I have fought the good fight. I have finished my race. I have kept the faith. Paul is aware that there are others that are going to try to get Timothy to run the wrong race. There are others that are going to try to influence Timothy to run a different track, to do something different than what was laid out to, by him or to him by Paul, by those that preceded him. He tells Timothy, I know you see me in prison. I'm about to be executed. I know my friends have turned their back on me and by the world's standard I'm a failure. But what I want you to understand, Timothy, is I ran the good race. I don't care what they say about me. I ran the good race. I don't care what the world says. I fought the good fight. And no matter what anyone tells you, I have kept the faith. By the world's standards, I may be a failure. But according to God, I'm the greatest winner that has ever walked this earth. I'm telling you, we cannot set our standards by this world, but only by the word of God. He is in essence telling Timothy, the world may see me as a failure, but I don't live by their standard. Timothy, I want you to keep running. Timothy, I want you to keep fighting. Timothy, I want you to keep pushing. He is stressing to him. It doesn't matter what the world says about you, Timothy. Keep doing what you know is right. It doesn't matter what your friends think about you. Keep doing what you know is true. Keep fighting the good fight. Keep running the right race and above all else keep the faith you know the thing is though is that I don't think that this message that Paul was writing as he was pinning this out I don't think that it was only meant for Timothy but I believe it was put into the holy writ so that generations later there could be a church in O'Fallon Missouri that could hear these words it wasn't just a design for Timothy but for each generation each church each family each follower were to hear there is a race that is set before you there is a fight that is ahead of you there is a faith that is spelled out for you run your race fight your good fight and above all else keep the faith amen do we believe that in this house tonight Come on, can we give the Lord some praise right now for his word reaching to us through the spans of generations for us to do what we know we should be doing. We've got to make sure that we are going down the narrow path 
that starts every day with prayer and is saturated with the word of God on a path that goes to a place called Calvary on a track that is paved with the plan of salvation boundaries that are set by the word of God that's covered in righteousness and looks like holiness whose finish line is gates of pearls oh come on and the reward is an incorruptible crown we've got to make sure that we are running the right race I'm closing if somebody will come to the piano in the scripture text from Matthew chapter 19 there's a rich young ruler that comes to Jesus just before the text that we read he comes to Jesus and he's looking for instruction in life Jesus tells him in his own way you're running the wrong race you've got to change tracks you've got if you want to come on board with me and you want to follow after me you've got to understand you're running in the right direction but you're running parallel with me there's some things that that you're off on and I'm over here and I need you to come over and get on this track with me the rich young ruler he refuses to give up the things of the world and follow after the plan of God you see this world this world tries to tell us that there's certain things that we need to be a success that there's certain things that we have to have in our life to be successful young people listen to me for a moment there are people that you follow on Instagram on Facebook on name another social media account Twitter whatever it is you're following these people and they're setting up for you what should be at the end of your life to say I'm successful to be what what should be at your finish line to say this is what makes me successful now those of you that don't fall into the category of youth you're not off the hook you go to work with friends each and every day and all they talk about are the things that make them successful and you maybe you look at your own life and you go why am I not as successful as they are the thing is is that you're running two different races they're running the race of this world and the standard of this world that says this is what makes you successful while you're over here on this track saying I'm going to follow after the word of God and if it costs me something that's fine but I'm not going I'm not going to turn my back on the principles that I know are true and that is right okay does that make sense there are a lot of things that we'll find in life that we'll strive for that we'll want myself included each and every day that may not be in the cards but as long as I'm following after the word of God as long as I get up every morning and I grab this word and I turn through it and I, I read it, I digest it I, I absorb it, I take it into my life and I pray God direct my path God lead my steps show me where I should go help me set my boundaries put my blinders on help me God to not be distracted to not be turned away to be on the right track 
on the right path at the right time according to your word. Now, I'm not preaching against being successful. I'm not preaching against young people playing sports or being involved in that stuff. I'm not preaching against any of those things. Brother Ron, I hope that your business explodes and does just some incredible things. Every one of you who are business owners in here, I'm I'm telling you, God God wants the best for you and your businesses and your endeavors. Those of you working up the ladder in your work, those of you doing great things at school, go to college, get degrees, do those things. But never let anything that you do steer you away from what's found in this book. Never let anything, that any decision that you made go against the words found, the principles, the standards that are found in this word. Because whenever we do, we find ourselves veering off of the track that God has placed us on, the race that he has designed us to run and going towards the things of this world. Again, I'm, I'm not against those things. But young person, if you, if you know how to win a ball game, but you can't win a soul, we might be running on the wrong track, okay? If you can talk on the phone for hours to your best friend, but you can't talk to God for more than five or ten minutes, we might be on the wrong track. If you know how to close a deal at work, but you can't close your eyes at night with the clear conscience of the decisions that you've made, we might be running the wrong race. The Word tells us that there is coming a day that this world will be consumed with fire. Every trophy will be burned. Every game will go away. Every memory will be lost. Cars, houses, money, all of those things, every certificate hanging on your wall will be gone. And we will stand before God with no trophies, no popularity, no earthly status, only having what we did for Him to show. Some will finish this race only to find out that they were running on the wrong track all along. And I believe that we're closer to that time now than anyone has ever been. Every day that we live, whether you believe it's going to be by rapture or if you believe it's going to be by death that you stand before God and you stand at the throne of judgment, every day we're a step closer to that day. If you'll stand with me tonight, the rich young ruler had a chance to change his life, but he turned from God and went down his own path. He is never mentioned in the Bible again. We don't have to make the same choice that he did. We can commit ourselves every day to more prayer, to more fasting, to more Bible reading, to reaching the lost to live in our our lives by the principles and the standards found in this word. I would rather, I would rather be a last place winner. Last place 
by the standards of this world and a winner in the eyes of God any day of the week. Any day of the week. I don't ever want to wake up one day and realize that I've ran this entire race my entire life on the wrong track. I know that that who I'm preaching to tonight, I know that you have decided on a on a Wednesday night to come to church. And if you have, you're probably on the right track. You're probably running the right race. You're making the right decisions. The fact that you made the decision to be here tonight is a testament to that. But what I want to tell you is that every day, each and every day, you're going to be faced with an opportunity to swap tracks. You're going to be faced with an opportunity to say, you know what? I don't believe that this is exactly true anymore. There's some things in here that just are not right. And I'm going to believe the guy down the road or the guy on the TV or the guy that I watched on Facebook. And I'm going to swap up life a little bit. You're going to make a decision at work or at school, wherever you find yourself, at home with your family. That in their eyes... And in the eyes of the world, you may be a winner. You may be number one. The Bible says that for many, the first will be last and the last first. And that we have to make the choice. Do we want to lose according to the world's standards or according to God's? Do we want to win according to the standards of the world or according to the standards of God? Each and every day we have to make that decision. Each and every day I have to make that decision. Every day I'm faced with decisions to make that will decide whether I will be a winner or a loser in the eyes of God. I know there's some of you that Bible scholars out there that would that would argue my theology, but I'm telling you that there's some there's some some decisions that we make that will affect us for eternity. That will affect us for eternity. And at the end of the day, I want to be a last place winner. I don't care what this world thinks about me. I don't care what they say about me. I don't care if they understand the decisions that, that I've made or not. At the end of the day, I want to stand at judgment and let the world think whatever they want of me and for God to see me as a winner, one who pressed towards the mark, one who kept my eye on the prize, one who got up every day with a made-up mind, I will 